Hello, and welcome to episode 305 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have an interview with Chuck Pinu and Sean Barber, comics creators and the team behind Balao, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by my Constructing Comics co-host, Noah. Hey there. So let's uh, let's start off with Chuck. Um, Chuck, we're going to ask you for, for two things. We're going to ask you for a quick bio about yourself, and as the writer, we're going to ask you for the, the elevator pitch for this awesome book that's now on Kickstarter. I am happy to help you with both of those. <laughs> What's up, gang? I am Chuck Pino. I am a writer and editor. And of course, I am lucky enough to be one half of the creative force behind Belial. And um, I also have worked on many other things, including, um, oh boy, I'm, I'm trying to get in there, Cat Dad and Supermom, um, Welcome to the Void, Essence House, and many, many more projects. Very cool. And uh, the elevator pitch for the, the book that we're all getting together to talk about for tonight. Absolutely. Belial is an action comedy about the original creator of Hell trying to take his domain back from Lucifer and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And right now we're currently pushing issue three, which is a fantastic issue. It's the third out of four. And it's all about um, Belial having to take on death to regain his powers to take out Lucifer. And also having to deal with the betrayal of a uh, of a very important ally. Sounds awesome. So, Sean, we're going to check in with you for for your bio, and then we'll then we'll get into some good old fashioned making comics talk. Absolutely. My name is Sean Barbour, also known as Instinct on the socials. I am the co-creator of Belial with Chuck. I am also a comic book inker, artist, writer. Um, all kinds of fun stuff for multiple books. I've probably been involved in over 25 books at this point. Um, I've also uh, just about finished up another book called I Drive for Server, which is a an adaptation. So I don't I can't necessarily take the writing credits for that, but I did adapt it to comics. So that's a lot of fun. And yeah, so that's pretty much me. Awesome. Not true. So- you get the writing credit for that. You don't necessarily get the story credit. That's is that, is that how that works? I believe so. Yeah. I'm happy with I'm happy with that. I think I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So let's uh, let's let's check in with Noah. I'm going to let him lead off with our with our first question. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind this series? What what led to all the different story elements? Oh, Sean, this is this is definitely you, buddy. Yeah. Um, originally, uh, the story had a much darker tone. Um, I had been going through life basically and felt like I had given away a lot of my own personal power of who I was, what I believed in, things I enjoyed, things like that. So that was the inspiration behind the basis of Belial as being the original ruler of hell, um, created to do a job, created to be somebody to, to, to perform his tasks, and he gave up all of that. And so this was my way of uh, introducing that theme and working through some things for myself. And then when I pitched it to Chuck he uh, came back with a bit of comedy and actually I I felt it fit really really well seeing as how I use a lot of uh, humor to kind of cope with those traumas that inspired the book so yeah so so that actually was a question I had for the group you know obviously the the subject matter could be very very serious um, was it was it something that you both enjoyed to 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 bring a bit of a comedic uh, flair to it? I mean, you know, 
<laughs> demons and demigods and, and hell and, and fighting that could be very very serious you know shoegazing you know dark and dreary stuff was it was it um important to you guys to to maybe uh you know give us a little flair for the com comedic there here and there for me i would say it was more important to add the comedic element um of course you know sean was very much married to the original idea and uh which i understand so sticking with that i was like why don't we add the comedic elements in there i felt like first when you when you read and see these hell books they all excuse me they all kind of look and sound the same mm -hmm. and feel the same and so i really wanted to give it some different elements and really make it stand out and of course comedy is kind of my my background um that's how i started originally as a as a comedian um coming out of high school and going into the working world and whatnot. And then, um, so it's easy to tap into that, bring that in and give it kind of that um, adult swim sort of feel. Very cool. Uh, Noah, um, do you have a, uh, as the one of the two artists on the podcast, do you, do you have an art question for, for the team? Yeah, what's the art process like? You know, it sounds like you guys are really good collaborators. I'm just curious uh, if it's uh, going to, um, you know, if it's if it's your standard comic book duo type deal, or do you guys have a have a unique working style that you've developed over the years? Uh, there's actually quite a bit of freedom. Um, Chuck's really good about scripting things, but we kind of agreed early on that we were going to allow each person involved in Belial to kind of showcase themselves as part of the story as well. So when we brought uh, Gregory Warrenchak on for pencils. Um, and he came, he came to us and asked us what our input was on how things should be drawn. We kind of said, you know what, take what you got and just show us how you've, you know, what leads you. And we'll go with that and see how, how that fits. And if the shoe fits, then we're just going to run with it. And we've actually happened upon a, a lot of really cool things along the way. Um, and a couple of, of um, surprises as well for us. Awesome. Are you guys seeing um, pencil layouts um, from from your penciler, or are you seeing like more detailed pencils, or has it maybe evolved over time as uh, sort of trust and communication is built up over three issues? Um, we've been really um, kind of hand in hand with a lot of the art, so we'll get a lot of um, the storyboarding because, lucky for us, Gregory Warren Jack he used to do um storyboarding for video games and stuff so that i thought was a really cool bonus to having him involved and from there um chuck does a lot of comparisons with the scripting to make sure that it fits right and then once it finally gets to me for like the final touches and then uh, i'll make adjustments with art as i go as the inker i'll do any line corrections or if something just doesn't fit just right or i'll communicate uh with chuck as having the more artistic side of things um, if he has an issue, maybe with a panel, he'll come to me first and we'll kind of talk it through and see if we can't make it, you know, make sense. Cause we look at things through two separate eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. And what's your, what's your inking process is, is it traditional or, or digital inks? I started out with uh, traditional. In fact, I did the inks, uh, for, well, the art more or less for Chuck's first book, Welcome to the Void. And so all of that was traditional. And I graduated 
to doing um, more digital stuff because of the cost factor and not being a person who is a, a lot of means. I felt in the long term, it was a way to kind of speed things up through the process. Cool. And what's your, what's your program of choice? Oh, I'm a big fan of Clip Studio, and I also use Affinity Photo. Okay. Um, Noah, uh, how about you? Uh, uh, next question. Yeah, I was wondering, what's Affinity Photo? I don't know if I'm familiar with that application. Uh, it's, it's basically like um, Photoshop, like Adobe, but the price point to it's a lot cheaper. Like I got it for only like $50, and it's not like a bootleg or anything. And it has all the bells and whistles that I could need. So it's actually really easy to use for me anyway that's awesome so like you can use it for coloring and things or what what are you using it for mostly oh yeah no you can use it for that i use it for um like some of the letter manipulation type stuff i use it for um if i color any of my my own artwork or anything i'll use it for that as well um some of the brushes um seem to feel a lot different in that program so I like the feel um, between the two programs. Some of the brushes are just different. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, I'll have to check that application out. That's great. And it's, if it's more affordable, that's great for us artists. Absolutely. So did I hear correctly that, that you are lettering the book or handling some aspects of lettering the, uh, the, the book, uh, Sean? Uh, we've got Scott Weldon. Um, of the Harlan Buck series, actually, he's doing our lettering, uh -huh. but there's little um, touches of things here and there, like some of the um, sayings on Belial's shirt or a sign or uh -huh. the, um, the ads and memes that I make for the marketing side of Belial. <laughs> so for our socials and stuff, I'm the one that does all of that stuff. So that has a real good uh, help there. I'm not hundred percent on my lettering ability, but I can, I can pop out some of the memes and stuff. So it's fun. That's awesome. So is that somebody, the, the letterer on this book, is this somebody you worked with before? Or is this somebody that you sort of did a, did a search for uh, to, to bring into the book? Uh, well, so Scott is actually, he's the, the writer and he does his own lettering on his book, Harlan Buck. Okay. And we're all good buds with Scott and really appreciate his, attention to detail and how serious he tends to take projects. And mm -hmm. so we were really excited. I was, I mean, actually both of us, we were all really excited to be able to work with him and, and uh, just get his name on the book, honestly. And so, uh, yeah, we brought him in. He's been in uh, the first two issues and it actually looked like he wasn't going to be able to do this one. He had carpal tunnel. He was having some problems at work and actually originally he was supposed to be, doing the lettering for my wife's book, um, which you guys talked about a couple months back. I appreciate you guys, by the way. Thank you for that. And um, he, he wasn't able to do that, so they had to get a different letterer. So I contacted him and I was like, hey man, uh, you know, I know all about what's going on. Uh, do you want us to look for another letterer? And he's like, no, I'm healing myself for Belial. So I'm gonna be ready. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So he came in, he did it. And he's like, he even said he was really excited by, um, by the book and whatnot and said, Hey, with issue four, like, can you guys make sure that I can finish it? Cause I want to be able to say that I did the whole series and we're like, yeah, yeah, you're in. Like, that's what we want too. Yeah. One of the funny stories with using him is that actually Scott wasn't a huge fan of the Belial story. He got involved because uh, you know, cause we're all friends and whatnot, but yeah. 
um, through the stories, like through the evolving of the issues, this is the first book that he actually really came back and said, you know what? I, I, I really do like this book now. That's, that's cool. So how much um, research did you guys do? You know, I have been known to go down a conspiracy theory uh, rabbit hole on YouTube. And one of the other things that I have done is sort of like the, you know, if I see a video that's like 10 demons that you don't want to summon, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch that. But uh, how much (laughs) research are you guys doing to like, uh, you know, find, you know, characters that are you know top of mind in you know popular culture and maybe you like to find some sort of hidden gems like uh what are you guys doing to 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 find you know aspects and characters you know in this in this realm well i went to a private school for like seven years so i got really familiar with that as an interest so looking at both the light and dark side of things Mm -hmm. and so i kind of had a leg up with that and when putting together the story originally um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that if you went back in some of the earliest texts, um, Belial, the demon, it actually does say that he was created to rule hell and that when Lucifer was kicked out, he took Belial's place. And I thought that was a really cool basis for the story and for where I wanted to go with it. Mm-hmm. And so there was quite a bit of uh, researching and stuff involved. In fact, even Chuck got really into the research aspect and that is how he came up with link. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Link is actually based upon a, uh, an old medieval, um, a fairy tale basically out of Lincoln, England. Hmm. How'd um, you find out about that? <laughs> so basically I was trying, as I'm working out my outline and working on, trying to make it i was like you know what link or uh sorry Blyle kind of needed sort of like a an arch demon or someone else that um like a demi demon sorry someone that kind of um was a, like a sidekick sort of thing and i started looking around for different demons that could fit that mold and nothing was exciting me and at one point i was like hey maybe i'll check imps they're the perfect little like little henchman kind of thing and i started researching uh imps and i found this amazing story about lincoln england wherein in like the 1400s or something supposedly if you actually if you go there to this day all of their buildings instead of having um gargoyles they all have imps and it's because this story basically speaks to the fact that imps came pouring out of hell and they destroyed um crops and livestock and they were wrecking things and they went into the church of the lord the big cathedral there in Lincoln, the Lincoln Cathedral, and they started destroying the 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 uh, stained glass windows, and they were throwing stones and everything. And an angel of the Lord leapt up out of the Holy Bible and started turning them into stone. And one of the imps picks up a rock and hurls it at the archangel. And of course, as the story goes, the archangel then turns him into stone too and moves on. I was like, no, no, no. Who is this little bastard who is not afraid of an archangel? Like, what the hell is that? And I was like, that's a character. We're talking about an imp, a little like one to two foot tall, nothing creature that is afraid of nothing. And and we'll just take on anything. Yeah, I'm in. So 
I, I grabbed that and I adapted it and here we are. So when you find that story and you get really excited, uh, who does the who does the character design there? Do you, do you turn that over to your to your penciler, or is that maybe you and Sean working some of the the aspects out of how you might want them to look? Uh, a lot of the early character designs, like Belial and um, Link and Mammon, and there's a lot of that stuff that I actually did um, come up with, um, but as we progressed through the story um, and even through issue number one, just watching how Gregory came up with just the back, the background demons and monsters and stuff like that. It was cool to see what he did with those. And eventually he got the reins for creating um, like war and death and a couple other, you know, and all of, all of the background characters. So. Okay, cool. So do you guys ever get any interesting things, you know, um, in the state of the, you know, the technology world that we live in, you know, our smartphones are listening to us, our, you know, when we search for stuff, you know, um, you know we, we get targeted ads for us. Are you guys seeing any interesting things come your way with all this demon research you're, you're doing? Yeah. I get a lot of uh, like gothic, uh, um, like decorations and stuff that come across so yeah there is some of that yeah oh cool that's fun um so i have a question of uh like this is probably going to be more for chuck um as the as the writer um you know you you script things out and you sort of see them in your mind but then eventually when you see you know words and image on a page especially in a word balloon um does that ever give you a chance to um do a editing pass where you're like, you know, early on, I thought I needed to say this or I needed to describe this, but now that I see this, you know, I, I mean, I need to make sure that I'm doing a little less show, uh, you know, don't tell, are you, are you taking a lettering pass uh, through that once you see it? I, I do, but I gotta be honest. I don't have to usually make a lot of changes and that's not cause I'm like Mr. Perfect or anything even close to that but it's because I tend to try to let the script um, inspire the art. So mm -hmm. because I tend to keep a lot of that a little, like, you know, I give a very sort of basic detail of what I have to have in the scene and what will absolutely be important for us to, to work with that. And then the artist, uh, the artists tend to, to go from there and they, they take from that and they build onto it. And so, yeah, often I don't have to even feel like, like my descriptions matter even in what the characters are saying because these guys are about to take it to a whole other level and they do yeah sean um when you are doing like the the art for a book uh you know and you're in the penciling and design stage do you prefer to have that um freedom to to discover or do you want to be you know um fully sort of directed as to you know what the what the writer's vision is what's what's your preference there i am really really strong in the collaborative mindset i feel like each each person that's involved really has something to add to the story and mm -hmm. i know that before pen touches paper so to speak um you know chuck and i go through like a really really good like the bones of the story we get where it's going to start and where it's going to end and what's happening in the next issue so we even got to the point where we had a lot of callbacks in this third issue 
to issues one and two because of that. Now that freedom allows Chuck to kind of run and do his thing in the middle or in the, in the second step of the, of the creation. And he gets to take it to where his line ends. And then to have it go to the penciler with enough detail to say, this is where we want to end up. How we get there is up to you. I like watching how that happens. And Mm -hmm. then finally, when it gets to me for the inking, I see, you know, where we are in that trip and where I can take over and how I can add to it. So my job as an inker would be more or less for line correction, but also to help showcase what is existing so far already in the book and try to add those accent points to what exists. So for me, that's a lot of fun because artistically and being able to compare that to the script, I am actually able to see like the trajectory of how the, how the improvement of the story and how each person put in their, their, their chips onto the table for this, like this, um, to the pot of what makes the book rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Noah, do you, do you have a question for the guys? Um, I just curious as to, uh, like, when you're thinking about ongoing series and things like that, how do you guys keep like the collaboration fresh? Has it just sort of like, you know, morphed into a friendship or like, you know, I'm just curious as like how working relationships and like ongoing series go. Like, are you guys just always excited to work with each other or is it uh, to take work? I'm just, I'm always curious about that. We were friends first. Oh, good. So that helps a lot. Yeah. And, and it's not always smooth if we're being honest, but because we understand like each other and we have, we have been friends even before working on Belial and because I worked on Chuck's book, we kind of know what to expect and how things go. Yeah. Do you guys have to like take a break in between issues before you start talking about the next one? Um, like, cause obviously with like Kickstarter, that can also be. I can put a strain on a friendship, right, Matt? I'm um, just kidding. Um, but the, uh, the, um, but uh, just, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, do you guys ever feel like, okay, let's, uh, let's go off and work on our own stuff for a bit and then come back? Or are you guys always talking about the series? I mean, and I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I think that we would like to keep going and just finish it off and just keep pressing through. But usually, and I'll be dead honest, I end up being so bloody busy that i kind of slow down the movement towards uh working on the next one which is why there tends to be a year or so in between issues i'm really hoping though we're on three we only have four issues you know that are going to be this arc and are going to be you know what this becomes and from there whether it moves on or whatnot is is kind of up to uh up to the winds and up to the fans but um I think, yeah, I'm really hoping for this next one that we end up, uh, I end up getting my butt moving and we get it out a lot quicker. Well, it's indie comics. Everything takes time, you know? Right. Well, I will say too, with the time frame that we have in between books, I mean, obviously Chuck is really popular as far as editing, like everybody else's stories. He's got his own podcast and stuff like that. Um, And so in between that, it's allowed me to work with other people. And we have both learned through working with, other people 
some of the tips and tricks and we've grown respectively in between each issue too. And so that time in between allows us to showcase a lot of the things that we've grown. And so I think it speaks a lot and it is evident in the pages of Belial, the individual creative growth we've made um, through our journeys in the making of the issues and the passage of time. So it's, it's paid off. That's really cool. I'm always, I, I, sorry, it was a bit of a deep question, but I'm always curious as to how collaborations work between different people because it's different across the board. It is good oh, to yeah, have yeah. that. That uh, I will say like, uh, it has to be almost like playing with your best friend kind of thing when you're creating, you know, if you guys have that friendship there, like there has to be a, a, a fun element. Oh, we definitely yeah. have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, like the amount of, of, of jokes and stuff that we have on the cutting room floor versus what makes it in the book we laugh pretty much through the whole build so it's it's a lot of fun and once that ball gets rolling it's it's really hard to stop (laughs) you guys find it easy to say no to each other when it's like you know with when it comes to a joke and things like that or uh like i'm guessing the answer is yes but i'm just yeah i'm curious about that i don't think we've had too much of any like hard no's as much of the fact that we'll ask each other questions why yeah. And if we, can, yeah. if we can stick to as to why something works, then it makes its way in. Or if it doesn't work, we try to find a bridge. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's the, the means of communication between you guys? Um, do, do you have a, a Google Doc where you're sharing? Are you, you texting each other, calling each other? Or is it a, a combination of like multiple things? <laughs> And the, the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> like all of that. I, so I'm a huge Google Doc guy. So we're, you know, the script is always in Google Docs for me. And we'll do some communication through there. But even as we're working, we're talking on, on Messenger. We'll, uh, if there's something bigger that we have to hammer out, we'll call each other and we'll, we'll talk through it and we'll hammer it out and, and go that way. Like there's it just, yeah. And of course, my, our editor is also my wife. So we'll end up having, you know, the three of us on there talking about stuff like, does this not work? I mean, I've told the story a couple of times over this little digital tour, but um, there was one particular joke that I was really strongly for. And both of them said, "Guy, man, we don't understand that joke. We don't get the, um, where, where that's coming from because they hadn't, it, it was a, it was a Shakespeare joke. And so they didn't understand the phrase. And I was like, that's on me. Like we have to now, if I'm serious about that joke, we have to find a way to make it work. And for me, I was really serious about that joke. So luckily the two of them were great about kind of helping out and helping to make it work so that they could understand the joke and get it. And someone who understood the phrase and and had read some Shakespeare would be like, oh damn, yeah, that's hilarious. So yeah, there's a lot of collaboration, a lot of working it out. We all just want the best for the book and the best for um, everything that's in there. So we do, uh, we do certainly collaborate and, and talk through stuff as much as possible. I don't think we've actually ever really had to like complete. Well, no, there's been a couple of jokes. It's not true. There's been a couple of jokes where it was just like, it didn't work. Like it, it fell flat. So it happens. So I, I think this is probably the case. Cause I know when we had Wendy on to talk about what her book, um, you know, certainly sometimes you sit down with the with the best of intentions to to work on something, but you know we all sort of have that that moment where you know you're 
you're walking the dog, you're mowing the grass and, and, and something comes to, to you. Have you ever had like, as Wendy ever like been doing something and she was like, Hey Chuck, um, this is what, this is how we can, you know, bring this together. This is how we can break the, the scene. And you got, you know, you guys are doing something totally different and you have to like pull out a notebook or pull out a phone and, and take down a note. She doesn't tend to do that as much with Belial, especially since she's not the only editor. So Wendy tends to focus more on um, the proofing and okay. the um, and just, you know, general editing, whereas story editing is more Sean because it is his story. Sure. And so we want to keep it true to his vision. So um, it tends to be Sean who comes will come to me or send a message or something and just be like, hey, dude, um, what about adding this or what about doing this or I'm not sure if this works and it's like okay cool let's let's look at that and see what it looks like with the changes or without or whatever and when he doesn't uh, want to listen I get to employ her to incite physical <laughs> violence to get my way so it works <laughs> out well and it is nice too that we have an editor who she has no problem saying no to me <laughs> so you know she's like no nah, uh, Sean's right that doesn't work and I'm like crap who hired you? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I have a couple of like, uh, like overall story questions. And, and then I want to turn the, the conversation to, to crowdfunding, but I want to make sure that we don't leave sort of art and, and story um, uh, in case Noah has like a, a question here. No, no, I'm very curious about story and, and Kickstarter stuff. Please go ahead. Okay. So we're, we're in issue three. Um, you know, one of the good things about indie comics, you know, it's 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 not a Marvel or a DC book. You're not like pigeonholed to that that 20 or 22 pages. Do you guys tend to have a close to a consistent uh, uh, page count between the, the issues or do, you know, maybe like issue two um, dictated that you needed more pages? Like how, how is all that working? Oh, we're anal. It's each issue is 32 pages long. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. And, and are, is that the, are you guys going to do that for four? Or if, uh, um, if four, <laughs> if you got to tie, tie some things up, or are you going to like maybe, maybe stretch it? Or are you got, are you guys already committed to the, to the 34? I'm sorry, did you say 32? 32. Yeah. Yeah. Are you committed to the 32 even um, in, in, in the final issue? So for four, we've said that there is a lot of story to tell. So uh -huh. there's a very good chance that that one will go long. But I mean, even then, we don't want to go anywhere too crazy. So we're thinking, Max, that one will end up somewhere in the 40-page range, like 40, 48, somewhere in between there. Yeah, the very 30, cool. the 32 pages, we, we kind of wanted the, the story to lead what we were trying to do. And we wanted to also offer up like a value uh, mm -hmm. to people that are backing the book and we thought that since we chose to go with a grittier style and the black and white something we felt would be more prevalent in something like like hell rather than flashy colors and all that stuff um in order to um instill that sense of value we did want to have a higher page count and that's one of the reasons why we went with the 32 pages and because we want to be able to wrap up the, the actual storytelling elements of what we've built is one of the reasons why we haven't set a deadlock on the page number for number four. We want to make sure that we, we can resolve the story without it feeling like we just wanted to uh, tie a knot in the end real quick. Very cool. And I'm wondering if sort of that, that structure 
might help with, um, you know, you don't always have to have like a, you know, a three act structure to, to, to the book, but it seems like that consistency, like sort of the, the issues might feel um, you know, sort of like, not that you're getting the same story or you, you but you, you sort of getting the, the same sort of amount of beats, the sort of same amount of scenes. Is, is that something that, that is helpful for you? Huh. Um, I tend to be a little, a little more uh, organic and, and okay. sort of almost chaotic when I'm doing it. So I'm not as worried as like, Oh, you know, how many scenes do we have here? How many scenes do we have there or anything like that? So I, I don't think necessarily, but I do also tend to, you know, kind of feel it out. Like there's a certain, I don't want to go too long before we have some kind of action. So it's yeah. usually sort of like five pages and I want, and, and it doesn't have to be actual, like a fist fight or something like that, but something that kind of drives things forwards, whether it's a, uh, a change in scenery or uh, something dramatic happens or, or whatever, but always kind of trying to every five pages, at least kind of doing something to, to kickstart it and, and shift things a little bit. So there is that, but I don't think that, I think if people were to read them all, I don't think mm -hmm. they'd find any like absolute pattern. That's, that's one of the things I can say that Chuck, I feel does really well with um, his scripting and stuff is that he's able to, plot out like good page turns and knows that each um, mood kind of has a different beat. So the action stuff will have a different beat than the comedy, which will have a different beat than more of the heartfelt type of moments that we were able to actually achieve in issue number three. So knowing the difference in the beats and then getting it to the point where it's scripted in a way that translates in impactful page turns has really helped us out with the readers and their feedback as well. Cause it, it mm. has translated to them and they've been able to give us positive feedback and their recognition for that. That's very awesome. cool. So you guys are here at Kickstarter with, with issue three. I'm guessing you, you know, you have the sort of the stuff that we all expect, you know, digital, physical um, issues, you know, catch up tears. Is there anything, um, anything different or, or special that, that you're bringing this time that uh, do you want to talk about? Dude, I, I think, well, I mean, this is going live soon. So I think you got to mention it there, buddy. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah. This time around. Okay. So we've done air fresheners. Um, we have stickers. We've done a couple different things. We've done prints, posters, pinups, and this time we wanted to kind of lean into things a little bit. And we had a meatloaf homage for our number two. And so for number three, we have a Megadeth Rust in Peace homage for their uh, metal album. And so what way to lean into the metal aspect than to be releasing on the 15th day of the campaign, a metal variant cover? Oh, that's awesome. And, and um, so that's uh, relatively soon, I, I'm guessing. From, from I, the time of recording, it's actually going to be uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, we, we will, um, we most likely will be, we'll be posting this on the, the day that that is. So anybody listening on release day, that, that'll be a, a special bonus for them. Oh yeah. yeah you heard it here, folks. The first ones in line to get it probably. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Do you see uh, folks that uh, sort of have that, that, that collector's mentality where they have to 
they have to have uh, every cover. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that, or even like specific covers. Like we have a lot of people who we brought Steph Wilson in for um, issue two, and we have a bunch of people who pick up his stuff. And this time around, actually, he ended up when he hit us up. He uh, he loves to rib me because I'm a bit of a prude, even though. And I mean, if anyone's watched my show or whatnot, I curse a lot and I, I you know, have a good old time. <laughs> but I tend to not, you know, get into the sexual side of things too much. And um, he was like, no, 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 there's there's nudity in your book. There's swearing in your book. You can't do that and not have a naked cover. So I'm making you a naughty and a nice cover. <laughs> and that's the end of it. <laughs> and we were both like. Uh, okay yeah i guess like that's the the natural progression so okay so yeah we we certainly have people who um go towards certain um uh specific covers but then yeah we also have a lot of people who are trying to collect as many of them as possible yeah and for for Bilal number two uh steph did one of our variant covers and chuck is sold out of them and I honestly only have like three left of those. So we'd be kind of idiots not to bring him back for another variant cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So what about sort of like um, backers? Are you, uh, you know, whenever we, as, um, you know, creators, we go to Kickstarter, it's, you know, one of two things. It's um, our returning audience or, or, or new people um, that, we, that we can bring to the campaign um what are you what are you seeing right now are you seeing a lot of familiar names you seeing a lot of new names or maybe about half and half uh what's what's your what's your your backer list looking at right now looking like right now i should say i'd say for what i've seen and sean feel free to to call me on this one but actually it looks like a pretty good mixture of the two Uh um and you can tell that because um a lot of our our regular uh covers are all doing great but then like we've sold more than enough issues one and two to go, Oh, okay, cool. So we do have new people showing up. So yeah, I would say it's a, it's a good mixture, but Sean, if you're seeing something else, let me know. No, it's, it's actually a really, really healthy mix. I think Um, there's enough people that are wanting to get in on it and um, it's actually paid off our, our, the, the mailing list that's generated through Kickstarter had a really good, uh, bump early on and of course we've got a lot of people that have kind of uh, we've become friends with through facebook and groups and stuff and those people of course are um, awesome and they've all jumped on but we do have a healthy amount of people that have come in either through uh, regular search or even just the new release um, feed on kickstarter itself so that has been pretty exciting to see this time around um, because it's been more so this time than the previous um, campaigns too. So it's a good, it's a good trend. Awesome. And, you know, this might be something that you guys have some time or you might have actually discussed it um, already or made some plans, but when you get to four, um, you know, you co- it looks like you're going to complete like a story arc. Are you thinking about a collected edition at that point? Hmm. Our, our, I know that our, our hope has been to um, offer up like a trade, which mm-hmm. at this point, even the three issues is trade sized. If you look at the page count. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were hoping to, once we resolve issue four and uh, I know Chuck and I have talked about pitching it to different publishers and sometimes they want something a little bit extra done. So we were toying with the, um, 
the idea too of maybe taking out some of the like the gray wash like the watercolor effect to it and maybe pitching in to get it colored but it's that's still kind of on on the cutting board to see where things end up and how well it goes but yeah we're definitely thinking about that because it'd be nice to have a nice thick book to put on our shelves and to wrap up um the the this part of the story in such a nice neat and to me a symbolic way yeah, the trade sells so good on your front, yeah. uh, at your tables oh yeah so yeah i would love that yeah and there's certainly like a like a the, they do sell well and it's a it's a really awesome and if, if you're doing well it's 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 the quickest way to sort of make up your table cost at a at a con and it just depends on the reader like uh you know i'm an old i'm an older reader and i love my single issues but my my son he likes trades um you know he doesn't care about the condition of the book he's not going to bag and board it like like i am you know but he he can throw it in his backpack if the if the corners get dinged up, you know, he, he doesn't mind. So there's, there's different types of readers. So maybe having that, that flexibility of being able to offer it in, in different formats is also a benefit there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially I'm a big fan of trades myself, especially because um, I mean, I've got kids and I want to be able to give them something that they feel comfortable going through. And I don't want to have a heart attack going through them myself. So sure. it's, uh, we very much lean into that whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So guys, let's, uh, let's do this. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the, the book. We talked a little bit about, uh, 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 you know, Kickstarter and crowdfunding. I do sort of have a general question that I ask people that are on the podcast um, that are in the middle of a Kickstarter. Um, and that's what type of Kickstarter runner are you? Are you refreshing the page every 30 seconds to, to see where you at? Are you able to sort of mellow out, go do something and, and sort of check out, um, you know, where you are after, you know, a couple hours pass, maybe, maybe you go out and you do something for, you know, half a day and come back in and, and see where you're at. What, what type of Kickstarter runner are you? Um, I, I myself, I am the paranoid uh, runner. I work at a desk job and I sit at a computer all day. And so I have constant access to the internet. So I have this weird little finger twitch I've developed <laughs> after everything that I do. I click over and check it out and just see which uh, when things are going well is really good. And it is really gets you going. And when you don't see any movement, you really start to hate seeing the same number. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chuck, how about you? anxiety riddled to all hell <laughs> so yeah i'm I, yeah i check it a lot i've actually started because um i i door dash during the day mm -hmm. i've started leaving my phone at home a lot of the time and okay. it's just for my my mental health just to, to kind of leave that aside and just be like look man there's not a lot you can do right now you're yeah. working you're trying to make money you you can't afford to stop and and check this thing and if it's not working then the first thing that goes on in my brain is cool. What do you have to do? What are you going to post? How are you going to make this? How are you going to change this number in front of you? And I, I just can't financially afford to be doing that. So I'm like, no, no, no. You just got to let it do its thing sometime. Yeah. Yeah. No and I are always sort of amazed at the people that are like, Oh yeah, I, I sort of set it and, and, and forget it. And, you know, I, I come back in and, 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 and see where we are. Cause Noah and I are the, uh, 
refresh every every 30 seconds uh, type of Kickstarter runners as well. So we're always amazed at the people who are able to just sort of mellow out and go with the flow. Yeah, I think I'm those people are psychopaths. Every, <laughs> every day I'm making new ads or I'm trying to come up with yeah. some sort of like a little movie or TikTok or something <laughs> to kind of help push the book. I'm like, what is going to be the one magic thing that gets the extra people? And and it it runs me. The, I don't run yeah. the Kickstarter. It runs me for sure. Oh, it's yeah. so And it's so weird, the stuff that works and doesn't. Like he does all that. So I don't have to worry about it as much. So I'm, you know, planning the shows out and trying to get all that happening. And in the meantime, I'm sharing all of his stuff as much as I can. And then I'm like, what else can I do? What? So like the other day, I had this really weird moment where I'm driving and I had a sneezing fit. And as I'm sneezing, it's going directly into the air conditioning vent, which is then shooting back at me. And so I told this, funny little story on facebook and then said um if you find that funny check out my book and i (laughs) threw the link in there and actually we ended up getting a backup from it so i was like okay great there's other ways to do it just keep at it so i think yeah being that anxious and not seeing movement gets you you know just like sean said it kind of gets you dancing a little bit you're like cool so what do i got to do now what am i you know it makes you flexible. What am I going to yeah. do to make this work? Uh, what is the next thing that's going to get people excited? Yeah, Chuck, I know that at one point you were um, like, you were putting out a, a, a funding total and there was like some super hot chips that you were going to eat. If, if you, if, if you got to that by that certain time. And we did not sadly. So the, the one chip challenge <laughs> still sits here. However, we are still doing something ridiculous, Sean. Uh, for okay so in keeping with the theme of the book and because we did like the nitro the world's hottest gummy bear and the one chip and chuck ended up snorting hot sauce during our last campaign um this time him and i have both thrown in um for the toe of satan sucker the hottest uh sucker so there's a there's a challenge for that as well with the nine million scoville unit uh, sucker that we're going to be pop, yeah. doing once we do fund. Oh wow! Good luck. I, I believe mine actually came in today. By the way, Sean. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared to open it. I'll be honest. I'm on photo <laughs> up. So, I, I know that there's a couple of uh, infamous like Kickstarter trolls that will uh, will, will will back a campaign. Um, I always worry that like. Um, when somebody does that, that like that one of those internet trolls is going to like jump in there real quick to like hit that, that, that goal to get you to eat that hot chip. That's, that's the worry that I have. We had somebody that was kind of like that the last campaign. And uh, I, oddly enough, I was able to communicate with them enough that they did pitch in for something. It wasn't oh, okay. the, the big, big number that they had originally put up there. And then, canceled and then put up there and then canceled but (laughs) it was something so there's a lot to be said about communicating with the people that are backing you but um we haven't seen that this time around that's that's yeah that's that's one stress that you guys really don't need i mean i really would have liked seeing chuck eat the chip though i'm not Cool. So let's uh, let's close up and um, let's let's start off with with Sean. Sean, um, where are the best places online to to follow you? Uh, you can find me as Sean Barbour on 
uh, Facebook. I also head up the Indie Comic Conspiracy page on Facebook. Um, I am Instinct, I-N-S-T-I-N-K-E-D on Instagram and TikTok and on Twitter. Very cool. Well, we're going to link that stuff um, in, in the show notes. You know, most importantly, what's going to be linked in the show notes is, is a link to the, to the Kickstarter. Um, but uh, Chuck, where's, where are the best places to, to find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Chuck Pino, P-I-N-E-A-U. You can find me on Twitter at Chucky Pin. You can find my um, Chuck's Raw Reviews on YouTube, where I sometimes, but very rarely right now, review indie comics. I also, every Tuesday on that YouTube channel and on my Facebook, I um, every Tuesday I do an interview show where, much like you guys, I talk process, have a good old time with people. I sort of market it as, as if two creators are sitting down after a Comic-Con, just kind of shooting the shot back and forth and and talking about how they do things so we do that live every tuesday yeah that's that's uh that's a great show and you were gracious enough to have uh noah chris and myself on um the last time we we ran a kickstarter for for our book so yeah that's a that's a great uh service that you that you provide everybody I mean, what goes around comes around, right? You guys have done the exact same, so I appreciate you guys. And yeah, I absolutely loved having you guys on. You guys were terrific guests. And I think what's terrific is when you have great guests like you guys on, the questions from the the crowd, because we do the live questions, are just amazing. And you guys did wonderful. So yeah, I, I had a blast and I would definitely do it again. Very cool. So, you know, we gave out the the, the social media handles, you know, and, and we did get an elevator pitch um, at the beginning. Um, but as we close up, let's let's talk about um, the book one more time. You know, we're recording this on uh, September 19th. It'll be released on the on the 20th of September. Just let us know, like, how many more days we have. You know, what's the what's the the end date of the of the of the Kickstarter? Um, Chuck, do you want to handle that? Yeah. Okay. We uh, so the last date of the Kickstarter is the fifth of October. That's going to okay. be in the evening, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're super excited. So we still have about fifteen or so days to go. Um, and of course, Belial action comedy but the original creator of hell trying to take his domain back from lucifer and the four horsemen of the apocalypse i know that that's exactly what i said before mm-hmm. but i do a lot of shows and i've got it nailed down to like it always comes out the exact same so that's what you're gonna get from me <laughs> I, I i think that that's perfect it that uh it gives you enough to to spark uh intrigue and it gives you enough to be like yeah that that sounds damn cool i want to i want to check that out we Thank did you. have somebody say in our rounds on this digital tour that it was a like a Hellboy meets Always Sunny in Philadelphia type yes. of vibe from the book. Wow, that's cool. Awesome. Well, well, well thanks, guys. Um, you know, let's uh, let's make sure that uh, if it works out to be a year from now, if not sooner, if there's something in between. But, um, you know, we should definitely touch base Um again here um when when issue four is 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 on kickstarter absolutely love that yeah very cool all right so we are going to have a link to chuck and sean's kickstarter um on uh in the show notes there'll also be a kickstarter link to the concrete arcanum anthology 
that's a anthology that's going on right now. I have a story in that. Um, so there'll be a Kickstarter link. If you can give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow our podcast, we are on Twitter and that is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructed Comics. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.